All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, I'm your host, and today is episode 73. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a few words will really help people find the show, and it's always much appreciated. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome, and make sure you check out our show notes and recipes at ToastyKettle.com. So let's dive into the show today. I absolutely love steak. There's nothing quite as amazing as a perfectly cooked steak. There's also nothing quite as horrific as a steak that's been mercilessly overcooked, almost to the point of leather or jerky. There's a good chance that you know someone who thinks they have steak figured out. We all know someone, that one person, that we can rely on to produce a quality steak. Now, I was reading about one lady the other day who had steak all figured out. (laughs) She knew steak really well. So well, in fact, that she started a steak empire. Today, we're going to talk all about Ruth Fertel and her contribution to food history. So let's take a trip to New Orleans in 1965. Chris Matulich had a restaurant for sale, and this was his baby. (laughs) He opened the original Chris Steakhouse in 1927. This was a small restaurant located near the fairgrounds race course, and it seated 60 people and had no parking to speak of. Chris was a savvy entrepreneur, and during his ownership spanning 1927 to 1965, he had quite the side hustle going on. He sold his restaurant six times during that span, and each time the restaurant sold, it would fail. Chris would then swoop in and buy the restaurant back cheap from the, uh, the failed owner. After another failed owner, the restaurant was again back on the market. And this is where Ruth Fertel came on the scene. To understand Ruth, I have to spend a minute talking about her early life. Ruth was born on February 5th, 1927. Her father sold insurance and her mother taught kindergarten. She was a smart girl and skipped several grades in elementary school. She graduated from high school when she was 15 years old. Her family used her brother's World War II GI benefits to put Ruth through college She attended Louisiana State University, where she graduated in honors in chemistry and physics at the age of 19. Now, that's incredible. In 1946, she had a brief stint teaching at McNeese State University, and that brief stint was super brief. It lasted only two semesters before moving on to other things. In October 1948, she married Rodney Fertel, and they lived in Baton Rouge, and had two sons, Jerry and Randy. Rodney and Ruth shared a deep love for horses and opened a racing stable in Baton Rouge. Ruth earned a thoroughbred trainer's license, making her the first female horse trainer in Louisiana. In 1958, Ruth and Rodney divorced, and Ruth was unable to support herself and her sons on her alimony payments that she was receiving from Rodney. So she supplemented that income by making drapes at home for a time. This critically tight budget led her to take a job at the Tulane University School of Medicine as a lab tech. 
she was earning a salary of $4,800 a year. Things were slightly better financially, but as a single mom of two boys, she realized she was going to need more money. College for her boys was going to come fast, and it wasn't going to be cheap. She started looking around for opportunities and stumbled across a classified ad in the paper offering a restaurant for sale. As I researched Ruth and learned more about her story, I'm blown away. Ruth was a small woman. She was five foot two and weighed 110 pounds. However, she had seemingly endless grit and determination packed into that small frame. She wasn't someone who was content to sit back and let life come to her. She knew that she had to get out there and make the magic happen. So as she contemplated this newspaper ad, she did a little more digging into Chris' steakhouse. She realized that it opened for business on February 5th, 1927. And that was the exact same day and year that she was born. Ruth Fertel took this as a sign that it was meant to be. She ignored the advice of her banker, lawyer, friends, and family and took the plunge. She mortgaged her house and purchased the restaurant. People must have thought that she had completely lost her mind. Even though the restaurant had failed six times previously, she was confident that she could turn things around. Seventh time's the charm, right? Isn't that how that saying goes? Ruth knew nothing about the restaurant business, and again, she planned to only borrow 18000 to cover the purchase of the business. However, it was quickly pointed out to her by a banker that she'd need an additional $4,000 to cover the cost of renovations as well as food. May 24th, 1965 was the first day with Ruth Fertel running the show as the new owner of Chris' Steakhouse. That first day saw her selling 35 steaks at $5 a piece. Within six months, she had made over double her annual salary from her previous job. It was starting to look like she was on to something. Ruth didn't have anyone to show her the ropes of the business. Perhaps this is why the previous six owners had failed. They didn't have anyone to show them the business, and they lacked the knowledge or know-how to figure it out. And she took a very hands-on approach with this new venture. It was her livelihood. She put everything she had into it. She couldn't afford to fail. So Ruth went about learning how to butcher steak. She would saw up 30-pound short loins by hand until she was able to afford an electric bandsaw. So picture this 5'2", 110-pound woman with a saw (laughs) on a counter cutting up a 30-pound short loin. Another amazing aspect of her business is that she staffed her restaurant with single mothers. She said that they were hard workers and very reliable. For many years, Chris Steakhouse was the only upscale restaurant in New Orleans with an all-female waitstaff. Her restaurant attracted local politicians, athletes, businessmen, and reporters. It was quickly catching on as the place to be in New Orleans. In 1976, disaster struck. Ruth Fertel had just signed a new 10-year lease on the restaurant when she discovered a fire had destroyed the property. Fertel had another property that she had purchased to hold events and parties. The problem was she had built Chris Steakhouse into a brand. It was a real destination spot for diners in New Orleans. Her purchase agreement clearly stated that the name Chris Steakhouse could only be used in that address, in the address of the original location. 
She couldn't move the name without violating her agreement and opening herself up to lawsuits. So she had a choice, kill her brand that she had spent the past eight or so years building and start over with a new name or get creative. Ruth chose to be creative. She slapped her name on the sign in front of Chris Steakhouse. The new restaurant was called Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. She quickly moved her equipment into the new space, and within seven days, she was able to reopen. She later admitted that I've always hated the name, but we've always managed to work around it. That attitude demonstrates perfectly why Ruth Fertel was destined to succeed. She was going to overcome every problem that came her way. Later in that same year, Ruth was approached by a gentleman who wanted to franchise her concept. Thomas J. Moran, or as he was also known, T.J. Moran, opened the first franchised Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in 1977. He would go on to open several more franchised locations. Ruth never had to advertise her franchise opportunities. She said all of our franchisees were people who had eaten at one time or another in one of our restaurants. We never looked for franchisees. They always came to us. The chain went on to expand rapidly. Within the next two decades, they added 66 locations in the U.S. and around the world. They boasted annual revenue of over $200 million. That's a big jump over the 4,800 annual salary that Ruth was taking in as a lab tech. And a lot of this was done on the back of extraordinary customer service. Ruth wanted every single person that came into Ruth's Chris to be wined and dined, to be treated with tremendous respect, and it worked. She had one of her uh, regular customers that came in one day, and he had just had some dental work done and couldn't chew a steak. So what she did is she grabbed a steak, went back, blended it up, (laughs) formed it together in a patty, grilled it up, and took it out to him. He was so delighted, made his day. I don't know how well that tasted and hurts my soul a little bit to hear that someone did that to a steak, but it worked, you know, and and that's just one example. Ruth, again, very hands-on, always looking for a way to please the customers that came in. In August of 2005, Ruth's Chris became a publicly traded company. Several days after that event, Hurricane Katrina hit and devastated the New Orleans area. During this aftermath of the storm, Ruth's Chris moved their corporate headquarters from New Orleans to Heathrow, Florida. Due to the extensive damage caused by the storm, the company closed the two Ruth's Chris locations that they owned in the New Orleans area. Ruth's family, particularly her son, Randy, they were bitterly opposed to that move. And the original flagship location was closed permanently and donated to charity. Tulane University was the recipient of that gift. They remodeled the building and reopened the site in 2012 as the Ruth U. Fertel Tulane Community Health Center. So a little bit of a mouthful, but Ruth had her name on the building. In 2008, the company opened a new restaurant that was centrally located in New Orleans at the Haras Hotel. The company continues to operate as a publicly traded company and continues to add locations each year. In 1997, Ruth turned 70 years old. That year, she personally visited 42 of her restaurants to, as she put it, smell out how they're doing. Ruth continued to be involved in the business until 1999 when she got sick. 
She made the hard decision to part ways with the company and sold her share of the business to Madison Dearborn Partners of Chicago, Illinois. In 2000, Ruth was confronted with a problem she couldn't solve. Ruth was a lifelong smoker as a result of being a smoker for more than 50 years, Ruth was diagnosed with lung cancer. And the cancer ultimately won, and she died two years later in 2002 at the age of 75. Ruth Fertel was buried in Lake Lawn Cemetery in New Orleans. She was buried in a lavish mausoleum that she and her business partner and friend, Lena Duke, had commissioned in the mid-90s. In 1999, the structure was completed, and Ruth and Lena held a massive party to celebrate the completion of this mausoleum. Father Bob Massett presided over the event, and in typical New Orleans fashion, blessed the crowd with a sprinkling of beer. The giant granite building has black columns and stained glass windows that features pictures of angels. It also contains the words, It's a Wonderful World. During her time, Ruth Fertel scrapped and clawed for everything she was given. Nothing was just given to her. (laughs) She's an example of what can happen when you put your mind to something. During her business career, she earned a couple of nicknames that speak to her meteoric rise. She was known as the First Lady of American Restaurants and also the Empress of Steak. On Ruth's Chris website, you can see an amazing quote from Ruth Fertel herself. Made me laugh. It speaks to the humor she brought to the difficult circumstances she faced throughout her life. If you've ever had a filet this good, welcome back. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I hope you learned something about Ruth Fertel and how they put the Ruths in Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave a few words in a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help grow the show, and we want to grow the show. So I very much appreciate those of you that take the time to do that. You can also find recipes and show notes at ToastyKettle.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ToastyKettle. Until next week. (laughs) 